Awesome. Thank you so much. You can be seated. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, worship team. You guys are awesome. Isn't your worship team fantastic? I think we should give a big round of applause. And uh, such, a th- such a thrill for me to be here uh, today. And uh, I want to thank Pastor Mark and Nina for inviting me along. And uh, great friends of mine. And uh, I serve with Pastor Mark in our movement, in our state. And so he's such a, such a great guy and such a great friend. And uh, this church is wonderful as well. It's so good to see all the good things that God is doing. Uh, I told a lie this morning. Uh, I said this morning that first time I'd preached at this church was in 2006 and then I just realised this afternoon that's actually not true. It was 2002, uh, you know, when I was 11 uh, and so a long time ago, mate, and a uh, lot, of, lot of water under the bridge but to see all that God is doing through the life of this church and the different locations, it's in the greatest season it's ever been. And it's just absolutely wonderful to see. And so uh, I used to preach through a lot. I haven't preached through in quite a while. And then I realised there'd probably be a lot of people here who don't know who I am. So I thought I'd better introduce myself. And uh, so my name is Ben Naitoko. And whenever I preach somewhere often, I've got to uh, deal with the elephant in the room. And that is that they see me, hear me talk, see my name. Uh, and they wonder what nationality I am. Uh, you know, because, you know, uh, and people, you know, and so people wonder, I all think I'm all different kinds of nationalities. Uh, a lot of people think I'm European. Uh, Greek, Italian, uh, that sort of thing. Uh, a lot of people think I'm South American. Uh, it's true, even back in the 1980s, uh, people used to think I was Argentinian because uh, they thought I looked like the soccer player Diego Maradona. Uh, even, had, even had some people think I was Japanese. It's true. They said, are you Japanese, mate? I said, no, why'd you say that? And they said, well, you know, your last name, Naitoko, sounds like Tokyo. Uh, and uh, it's actually not. I'm half Australian. My mum's a country girl from Victoria. Uh, and I'm half Tongan. And so I'm sure I've got plenty of cousins at Deception Bay uh, and that sort of thing. Uh, and so I'm married uh, to the beautiful Trisha, uh, and she's from far north Queensland, and we have three sons. Uh, and actually, it was amazing. I always wondered, uh, you know, when we first got married, because, uh, you know, she's a banana farmer's daughter from north Queensland, and I'm half Tongan, half Australian. Uh, I always wondered what our kids would look like, you know, because uh, when you get a gene pool like that, you're never sure what you're going to get. And... Uh, I remember my first son was born and he came out looking pretty well what I thought he would look, at, look like. Came out with caramel skin, fine features and uh, we named him Amos. And then my second son was born uh, and I couldn't believe it. He was a total throwback to the Tongan side. Uh, so he came out with big head, flat nose, chocolate skin. Uh, he came out with a more Tongan personality. Uh, so we had to stop him playing soccer one year because uh, he kept starting punch-ups with all the other kids. <laughs> Uh, and he was six years of age at the time, uh, and we named him Joshua. Uh, and then a few years after that, I uh, found out my wife was pregnant with a third boy, and so as we always do, I always prayed about what to name him. And, you know, it's a Tongan tradition uh, that you would name uh, one of your sons after your father. And, uh, and I, so uh, I, uh, my dad's a Tongan man. Uh, his name is Ifalemi, uh, which is a Tongan version of the tribe Ephraim, uh, which means prosperous one. Uh, so I'm trusting he's going to be the really rich one. Uh, and, um, you know, I thought he'd come out looking like the other two, you know, caramel, chocolate, that sort of thing. Well, when he was born, I couldn't believe my eyes. It was a total throwback to the Aussie side. Uh, so he came out with white skin and blonde hair. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's funny when you tell people his name, uh, you tell a Polynesian his name and they say, what's his name? You say, his name's Ifalemi. They say, oh, that is so beautiful. You know, you tell an Aussie and Aussie goes, what's his name? You say his name's Ifalemi. They look at you and they go, how do you pronounce that? Uh, 
remember one time my wife was dropping the boys off at school and, one of the, and had the newborn baby and one of the other mothers saw her and said, oh, he's gorgeous, saw him and said, and she goes, oh, he's gorgeous, what's his name? And my wife said, his name's Ifalemi. The lady looked at her and goes, oh, don't we do some silly things as parents? Uh, so anyway, <laughs> praise God. It's wonderful to be here today <laughs> with some nice people and uh, I'm really looking forward uh, to sharing the Word of God with you uh, today. So with that in mind, I'm going to read to you from the book of Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes chapter 3, Ecclesiastes chapter 3, going to read from verse 1. Ecclesiastes 3, verse 1, says this, To everything there is a season, and time for every purpose under heaven, time to be born and a time to die, time to plant and a time to pluck what is planted, time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones, time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, time to gain and a time to lose, time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to sow, a time to keep silence and a time to speak, time to love and a time to, a time to hate, a time of war and a time of peace. Now I want to read to you from Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21. It says this, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Title my message today, and maybe it's because I like cricket, but it's called It's Time to Declare. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. I ask and pray that you would show every one of us what we have at our disposal, Lord God. I thank you and I praise you for it, Lord, and I thank you that even this year is going to be a year of long-awaited promises coming to pass. I thank you and I praise you for that, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Proverbs 18.21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. What that means is this, that our words have a twofold effect. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, so what that means is we affect our external world by the way that we talk. And then it says, and those who love it will eat its fruit. So we also affect our internal world as well. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 says it's a time to keep silent and there's a time to speak. If you want to sum up your devotional life with the Lord, you can almost sum it up in those two parts. There is a silent, contemplative, reflective part of Christianity, which is very, very valid. And there's a reverent part of Christianity. But that's not the only part of Christianity. There's also a time when we need to speak. Speaking, confession and declaration are an important part of the Christian life. I mean, you can't even get saved without speaking right. The Bible says you've got to believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, then you'll be saved. How did God create the world? Well, that he spoke and then it was. How did Jesus say we're supposed to move a mountain? Well, you can strategize, get all the resource and plan, but at the end of the day, you've got to speak to the mountain and then it's going to move. How did Jesus do most of his miracles? Well, most of his miracles were with words. He would speak and miracles and power would flow. What happens when you get filled with the Holy Spirit? You start speaking with other tongues. Make no mistake, as a Christian, there's a time to keep silent and there's a time to speak. Some people, they had like that quiet, contemplative part of Christianity. But can I tell you, if that's the only part you like, that's an incomplete Christian life. It doesn't matter if you're introverted. It doesn't matter about your personality. There is a time to be silent, but there's also a time when we need to speak. And so today I want to talk to you about five things that we need to declare. 
Five times it's important for us to use our words because I believe God has got things for you that is only one voice activation away. That there are things that you can speak and see things come into your world as a, as a result of your words. Death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruit. The first thing that we need to declare is promises from the Word of God. Joshua chapter 1 verse 8 says this, keep this book of the law always on your, we don't say bookshelf. It doesn't say keep it on your heart. He says keep it on your lips. And then he says meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you'll be prosperous and successful. And so that's the Lord speaking to Joshua. They're about to enter the promised land. And he said, how are you going to get success in the promised land? How are you going to step into your destiny? Well, one of the ways is to keep the word of God in our mouth. So what that means is this. It is important to spend time reading the word. It's very important. It is important to meditate on the word. It's important to write it down and journal it. But it's also important for us to speak and declare the word of God. That's especially so when there's a promise in God's word and it's not evident in your life. Have you ever had that happen? You read God's word and there's a promise there and it's not in your life. What do you do? Well, you don't change your theology. You just start getting in agreement with God's word. Many years ago, I was really depressed and discouraged and, and I was reading in the scripture about the fruit of the spirit. And one of the fruits of the spirit was joy. Joy is a fruit of the spirit. Now, we need to understand something about joy. Joy is a fruit of the spirit. It's not a seed of the spirit. Some people I know think it's a seed of the spirit. You know, they say things like this. Oh, that's right, brother. I got joy. Deep, deep down. <laughs> Joy's not a seed, it's a fruit. My grandfather used to own an apple orchard and he could drive us around in the back of the ute and show us the different apple, tree, apple trees. He'd say, they're Jonathan's, they're Granny Smith's, they're Golden Delicious. He could tell just by looking at them. He didn't have to dig around in the root system to figure out what kind of fruit it is. Joy is a fruit of the Spirit. We should be able to tell you got joy by looking at your face. <laughs> Amen. Joy is a fruit of the Spirit, it's not a gift of the Spirit. Oh, you're just one of those happy people. You've got the gift of joy. Wherever you go, you just light up the room. Joy's not a gift, it's a fruit. So what that means is this. It's available for every believer. It's supposed to be evident in our lives. And I didn't have it. So what do you do? Do you change your theology? Or do you start getting in agreement with God's word? So I started declaring it. God's word said I can have it. So I started declaring it closed my eyes and I said, Lord, I thank you for your joy. And I'll say it again. Lord, I thank you for your joy. Lord, I thank you for your joy. Lord, I thank you for your joy. <laughs> Start again. I said it 12 times. By the 12th time, the heaviness had completely lifted and I started laughing my head off. And what had happened? A promise from God's word leapt off the pages and into my life through the power of declaration. I want to let you know that one of the ways that you access God's promises in your life is actually start getting in agreement with God's word and start declaring what God's word says. The second thing that we need to declare is personal prophecies. Personal prophecies. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 18 says this. This charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage the good warfare. So what that means is this. 
We're supposed to wage warfare with prophecies that we've received. So I know a number of people in this place, you have received some prophecies and maybe it hasn't come to pass in your life yet. What do you do? You wage warfare with it. So you start, how do you wage warfare with it? You start declaring it and you start speaking it. And so what happens is from the fruit of your mouth, your stomach is filled. It starts filling you with faith, but you actually start drawing that thing into your world. I remember many years ago, I got invited to be a youth pastor in North Queensland in, in a town called Mackay. And so going up there, they had a prayer team there called an intercessory prayer team. And they were already getting prophecies about the youth ministry before I got there. And so I got there and they started sending me prophecies. They said, Pastor Ben, God said there's going to be fire in this youth group. There's got to be fire. You know, we see God bringing fire to this youth group. So I went up there and, uh, man, I've got to tell you, no fire in that youth group. Uh, that youth group was as dead uh, as anything. On the first night, uh, due to my incredible leadership, uh, first night we had 22 young people. And then by the middle of the year, due to my incredible leadership and vision, uh, the youth group had grown down to six. Uh, not only that, there was no spirituality in that youth group. Uh, the kids wouldn't praise and worship God. I actually had to have a rule during praise and worship. And the rule was this, you can either praise God or be quiet. But don't just sit there talking to each other. Not only that, I remember one time in my first year, it was Easter time, I was wanting to do communion. So I was wanting to teach the kids about the importance of the body and blood and Jesus, body and blood of Jesus Christ. And so I thought I'd make it real contemporary. So what we did was that instead of crackers, we used hot cross buns. Instead of juice, we used Coke. And we started handing it out to the kids. But before it was completely handed out, the kids had already started a food fight with the emblems. And I started getting, kept getting all these prophecies saying, oh, Pastor Ben, there's going to be fire in this youth group it's going to be fire and I said well there's no fire I said to the intercessors you obviously haven't been this youth group is as dead as a doornail then by the end of the year I was at home and was so frustrated you know like the youth group was as flat as anything dead as a doornail and in our, I was in our little unit and my wife was out getting her hair done so I knew I had a good six to eight hours to myself and so um <laughs> And I remember thinking, man, I'm sick of this. I'm getting all these prophecies and none of them are happening. And I thought, but I haven't actually declared them. So I thought, I'm going to start declaring it. And so I put on a CD and, um, oh, for the young people, a CD uh, is a disc that we used to listen to music on. And, and I put on, and it was from a church called C3 Church. And there was a song called Prophesy. Uh, out of Ezekiel 37, prophesy to the dry bones. And so I put that song on repeat for three hours. Prophesy to the dry bones. And I started walking around my little unit lounge room declaring, Lord, you promised, you said, there's gonna be fire. There is no fire. Lord, you promised, you told me, you said, there's gonna be fire. As soon as I was saying that, a little guy with a pitchfork jumped on my shoulder and started arguing with me. I said, there's gonna be fire. And he says, no, they won't. No, they won't. And I kept praying, I kept declaring, and I was declaring for about three hours. At the end of that time, something snapped on the inside. And I just knew that I knew that I knew we were gonna get some fire. That's called praying things through. That means when you pray something until you know it's gonna happen. We've got to sometimes, we've got to pray more than once for things sometimes. We've got to pray and keep on praying. And so at that time, I just knew that I knew we were gonna have some fire. A few months later, we took our youth group down to the Gold Coast uh, for a Youth Alive camp. Uh, and we took them down on a bus and it was a terrible trip. 
Uh, the kids were so naughty. Uh, I just wanted to turn the bus around and go home. And, and then we went down there and, and they, had the con- they had the camp and they had the first night praise and worship. So the bands, it was a youth alive band and they were up there jumping up, praising and worshiping God. All these other kids went up the front praising and worshiping God. My kids had never seen that. So all of a sudden they started walking down from their seats, walking up the front. I thought they were going up there to muck around. I was standing at the head of the aisle. I said, hey, hey, don't muck around up there, all right? Those other kids are serious. And so they went up there and they started jumping up and down, praising God. And then all of a sudden the slow songs came on and then the other kids lifted up their hands. So the kids in my youth group looked around, lifted up by their hands. Then all of a sudden as they did that, the power and the presence of God hit them. I saw some of them shaking. I saw some of them weeping. And for the first time, we had some fire. Later that year, we started a youth conference in North Queensland. It's called Extreme Youth Conference. It's still going 23 years later. And it's known, and hundreds and hundreds of young people every year go to it. And it's known as a conference of power and the fire and the presence of God and it all started with a dead little youth group and a prophecy get that prophecy out and start declaring it don't just write it down and look at it from time I'm going old school tonight friends but I just want to let you know it is time to declare the third thing that we need to declare is past victories past victories Revelation 12, 11 says this, they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. So that's talking about overcoming the enemy. We overcome him by the blood of the lamb, which is the work of Christ and the word of our testimony. Your testimony is more than your salvation testimony. It's more than this. Before I met the Lord, I was wicked and boring. But now I've met the Lord, I'm not wicked anymore. No, no, it's more than that. It's every time God has given you a victory. It's like David when he goes to fight Goliath. And he said, God has put in my hands a lion and a bear. He's going to help me take that guy out as well. He reminded himself of all the other times when God has given us victory. You've got to understand the Christian walk is not always smooth sailing. There are times when we have an obstacle that we have to overcome. And I would love the fact that I would love it if God just delivered us of those things. But he's called us to be overcomers. If you're going to be an overcomer, it means you've got to overcome stuff. And so he's called us to overcome. And so often you can get a breakthrough and things are going great. And then you face another situation which looks bigger than you've ever faced before. What do you do? You remind yourself of the last time God helped you to overcome. Many years ago, we were going to, uh, we had a great miracle and we were able to begin building our first house and received a great miracle to start that. Um, but unfortunately, we didn't have enough money to completely finish off the house. It was good enough to go and live in, but we couldn't completely finish it off. And so I used to call it the Big Brother House um, because we didn't have enough money for the window fittings and curtains and that. So, uh, you know, we just stuck sheets up on the windows and Christmas paper and that sort of thing. And, and uh, we didn't have uh, any air conditioning. It was in North Queensland, couldn't afford it. Uh, we also had in the spare rooms cavities in the wall where the wardrobes are going to be uh, when we have the money uh, to finish it off. Uh, not only that, uh, we didn't have enough money for a letterbox. Uh, our letterbox was actually a bucket at the end of the driveway. Uh, the amount of people that ran over that bucket uh, was unbelievable. Uh, and not only that, we didn't have enough money for lawn. Uh, 
So basically, every time the door was up, we're on a big sandy block, every time the door's open, sand comes in. It's like you've got sand in everything. You're lying in bed, it feels like you've got sand in your toes. You hop in the shower, there's sand pulling at the bottom. And so watch this. The glory of the original miracle fades. And the frustration of the next one starts taking over. Is this how it's going to be forever? Am I always going to have a letterbox? Always going to have a bucket as my letterbox? Am I never going to get any lawn? And I remember thinking to myself, I can't be like this. From your fruit of your mouth, your stomach is filled. And so I thought, I'm going to spend a bit of time declaring. So I sat on my back porch and looked out at the sand. And I said, Lord, I thank you for the miracle you performed to get us into this house. The miracle you performed was way bigger than the one that we need to finish it off. So I know that you did that and I know you're going to do that as well. Thank you, Lord. Your word says he has begun a good work and he's going to bring it to completion. And I started declaring for a few minutes. By the end of that time on the inside of my heart, I just knew that I knew God's going to do it. From the fruit of your mouth, your stomach is filled. And a few months later, we're able to get the finances to finish it off. What is it you're facing now that looks bigger than anything you faced before? Remind yourself of the last time you felt like that and start declaring the goodness of God and how He's helped you to overcome in other areas of your life. If you need a miracle now, remind yourself of the last miracle that God gave you. We need to declare our past victories. The fourth thing that we need to declare is private promises. Private promises. Now, private promises are different from personal prophecies. A prophecy is when someone gives you a prophecy. But a private promise is when God speaks to you directly. Because who knows, God can speak to us directly. Now, Amos chapter 3 verse 7 says this. Surely the sovereign Lord does nothing without revealing his plan to his servants, the prophets. So what that means is this. When God's going to do something, he reveals his plan to his servants, the prophets. Now, that's in the Old Testament. In the New Testament, there is an office of prophet. However, there's also, because through the, through the presence of the Holy Spirit and the work of Christ, we can actually all be prophetic. And we can actually all hear from God. So watch this. God doesn't do anything without first um, working through the prophets. So what's the job of a prophet? Well, uh, the first thing a prophet does is that they hear. But that's not their only job. Prophet has to hear and then also speak. Sometimes God tells us something and we hear it and we wait for him to do it, but he's waiting for us to finish our job. We've got to hear it and then we've also got to speak. Remember one time when I was a youth pastor, I was at McDonald's doing my devotions and, and I was reading in scripture one of the accounts of when Jesus was walking on the water. And in this particular account, it says that Jesus was walking on the water towards the disciples and, and they were halfway across the lake. He interacted with them then when he hopped in the boat, Bible says immediately they were on the other side. So there's actually two miracles there, right? The first miracle was the walking on the water. But the second miracle was this. They were halfway across the lake, but as soon as he got on the boat, they were immediately on the other side. So it was like a time compression miracle. When I read that, I felt the Holy Spirit say to me, um, I'm going to do this year what I did in the first five years of your youth ministry. Your youth ministry is going to double this year. And I was so excited. And he said, so tell them. Well, I didn't want to do that. I just want to keep that to myself, you know, and, and see if it happens, you know. And, and he said, so tell them. And so we come up the first night of youth. And so we did a bit of a vision night thing. And 
I got up there and I said, hey, this is the things we're doing this year. It's going to be great. And uh, one more thing. I was uh, doing my devotions at McDonald's like I encourage you all to do. And as I was doing that, I kind of sort of felt maybe uh, God speak to me that our youth group is going to double this year. As soon as I said, why do I say that? And the kids were like yelling, they're going, yeah. And I thought, what do I say that for? And in hindsight, I was wrong because we didn't double in a year. We doubled in six months. We have to hear and then we have to speak. What is it that God told you that you're waiting for Him to do, but you haven't spoken yet? We need to hear and then we need to speak. There was another time I was staying at a friend's house and he was... Um, uh, and he and his wife, and they'd been unable to have children. Uh, they'd been married for 10 years, tried everything. And, and I remember I was, uh, the last morning I was there, I was about to uh, head home and read my Bible again. And I read the story about when the prophet Elisha said to a woman who couldn't have any children, this time next year, you're going to have a baby in your arms. As soon as I read that, it leapt off the page to me. And I felt the Lord say, say it to that couple. And I was like, okay, they'd been trying for 10 years. And uh, so I packed my bags, uh, <coughs> went out to the lounge, and I said, thank you so much for having me. It's so good. It's been great hanging out. Uh, just one more thing. Uh, I was reading my Bible today, and I kind of, sort of felt that in the next 12 months or so, uh, <laughs> you're going to have a baby in your arms. They just stared at me. I said, see ya. Then I just left. And um, I completely forgot about it. I raised it from my memory. A few months later, I get a phone call from the guy. His name's Steve. And he says, Benny. I said, hey, Steve, what's going on? He says, you remember that prophecy you gave us? I said, no, I completely forgotten. He said, you said within 12 months, we're going to have a baby in our arms. I said, well, 12 months or so. <laughs> And he said, well, guess what? We're pregnant. And the baby's due within 12 months when you gave us that word. Now they've got three kids, amen? Sometimes we need to hear and then we need to speak. If God has spoken to you, sometimes you've got to get that thing out and start declaring. Because he does nothing without revealing his plan to the prophets. And a prophet has two jobs. Number one is to hear. And a number one is to, another one is to speak. And the last thing we need to declare is this. We need to declare our personal agreement. Personal agreement. Matthew 18, 19. Jesus says this. Again I, tell you, again, I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything you ask for, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. So how, how awesome is that? He's talking, talking about the church and says that agreement is the key. So if we agree, it's going to get done. Now, here's the thing about agreement. Agreement requires two-way communication. It requires both parties to communicate. Ladies, think of this. You buy yourself a new outfit. You come home. Show your husband. So what do you think, honey? He just stares at you. Agreement hasn't happened yet. On the inside, he's probably saying, oh, I'm speechless. You're the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. But on the outside, <laughs> well, what do you think? Agreement hasn't happened yet because agreement requires two-way communication. That's why it's important to say amen during the preaching. 
because I don't know if you agree if you're just looking at me. <laughs> on, the, on the inside, you can be like, oh, that's amazing. But on the outside, <laughs> well, agreement hasn't happened yet unless there's two-way communication. Now, you've got to understand, we don't do that because of, you know, I remember what, I've been a guest speaker many times and, you know, there's been times I've preached at a place and they've said things like, you know, the pastor's got up and said, hey, church, you know, we've got a guest speaker today, Pastor Ben. Uh, so, you know, I want you to really encourage the preacher. Uh, so I want you to say amen and really encourage him. Uh, there's been other times when I've seen a speaker get up and they've said things like, hey, church, I need your help to preach this thing. The better you talk back to me, the better I preach. I need your help to preach this thing. Uh, I just want to let you know, Merch Church, I don't need your help. <laughs> I've been preaching a long time, you know what I'm saying? I've been preaching at some places like they look at me like they want to kill me. So if I needed your help to preach this thing, I would have quit 25 years ago. So it doesn't make me feel better about myself. It doesn't help me, but I just want to let you know, I still want you to say amen. Because when God's Word is declared, we drag it to our world through agreement. And I don't know if you agree if you're just looking at me. And it's not black and it's not American and it's not Amway and it's not hype. It's Christian. You're willing to say it in a prayer? Don't be afraid to say it in the Word of God. 2 Corinthians 1.20 says this, For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through Him, the Amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. The promises are available in Christ, but we drag it into our world by saying amen. Now, it doesn't have to be amen. It's just as long as it's some kind of verbal agreement. Remember one time I was, pre I was sorry, wasn't preaching, but I was visiting a church in a country town called Ayr, uh, one hour south of Townsville. And as I was visiting there, the senior pastor said to me, he said, Ben, in our church, we're an Australian church, not an American church. I said, right. What, what, what does that mean? Well, it says, well, in our church, we don't say praise the Lord. I said, you don't say praise the Lord. Why? He says, because you're Australian. I said, so what do you say? He said, we say, you beauty, Lord. <laughs> I said, right. And he said, in our church, we don't say amen either. I said, you don't say amen. Why? Because you're Australian. I said, so what do you say? He said, we say, do right, mate. <laughs> It was true, I visited the church, pastor gets up at the end, says a prayer, and he said, all the people said, the guy stood up the back and said, too right, mate. So it doesn't matter if it's amen, doesn't matter if it's come on, doesn't matter if it's too right, mate, it's got to be some kind of verbal agreement. When God's Word is declared, we drag it into our world through agreement. And I don't know if you agree, if you're just looking at me. And I believe God has got some things for you that you will activate if you are just willing to open your mouth. If you want to sit back and wait for it to come to you, there are some things that will never happen. And yes, there's a time to be nice and there's a time to be reverent and there's a time to be silent. But the Scripture also says there's a time to speak. It felt good. And so tonight, I had a picture and the picture I had was this. You know, in some of the TV shows, if it's the last episode of the show, all of a sudden balloons drop from the ceiling. And, and you know, I had a picture of like just this, all these balloons at the top ready to drop. And, and, and all we needed to do was pull the cord. And they were promises. Things that God has said. Things that are available that we just have to pull down through our words. Tonight, there's some people you're going to get a breakthrough because you've never been the kind of person to speak 
But I want to encourage you, for all believers and for all Christians, there is a time to be silent, but there's also a time to speak. And so tonight, what I want to do is this. I believe that for a number of you, some of the things I've said there have resonated you, resonated with you. Some of you, maybe it was an old prophecy. Maybe it was a promise from Scripture that's not, av- that's not in your world right now. Maybe it's something you're facing right now and you've got to remind yourself of your past victories. Maybe it's something God spoke to you privately and you've never actually said. Whatever it is, what I want to do tonight is activate that. And there are times when, yes, you come forward and we pray for you and believe, but there are some times you just got to grab your own mouth and start declaring. So tonight... With every eye open and every head up, I want to encourage you to stand to your feet right now. And we're going to take a minute or two to declare. For some of you, that job you've been waiting for is at the tip of your tongue. For some of you, that baby is at the tip of your tongue. For some of you, that break financial breakthrough is right there. For some of you, that healing is right there as we speak, amen. I know sometimes in our culture, we want to play it cool a bit. Sometimes we want things to come to us. Daddy God just drops everything in our lap. But that's not Bible, friends. There's times we've got to lay a hold of the things God has for us, amen. And so I want to encourage you. For some of you, things are going to pop up in your world next week because we're just waiting. God's just waiting for you to complete the job. And so what I want us to do is start speaking. You don't have to yell or scream. And look, the reality is you're probably going to be quieter than Joe anyway. So don't worry about it. But what I want us to do is this. Start declaring. Start speaking. For some of you, you're going to start speaking. That little guy with the pitchfork is going to jump on your shoulder. Tell you you sound stupid. Tells you to give up. Keep on pressing through. Keep on praying. Amen. So as the band plays, whatever they want to play, I don't really care. But the rest of us, we're going to declare and speak and believe God for things that He has promised to drop in our world. Because the thing God is telling me right across this state is that this year is a year of long-awaited promises coming to pass. Amen. Let's start declaring. Father, in Jesus' name, we just thank You right now. I thank You for those promises, Lord God. I thank You for those that are believing for that job. I thank you for that, Lord, in Jesus' name. For those that are seeking your direction, Lord, I thank you for that direction, Lord God, in Jesus' name. For those that are believing me, filled with the Holy Spirit, who are filled with the Holy Spirit, Lord, in Jesus' name. For those that are believing to have that child, I thank you, Father, for that child to come to I thank you for that miracle for them to have one. For those that are believing, Lord God, for their spouse to come to the Lord, I thank you, Lord, it's your will and it's not your marriage. And it's going to come to pass. I thank you, Father, for the souls that are going to come into the life of this church like never before. I thank you, Father God, for the signs and wonders and the healings like never before. I thank you for that, Lord, in Jesus' name. I thank you for the opportunities that you're opening up in people's lives. Don't be afraid to speak. Don't be afraid to speak. Don't be afraid to speak. There's a time to be silent, but there's also a time to speak. I thank you for that, Father, in Jesus' name. I thank you and believe you for it, Lord God. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Father, for that promise. 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 Thank you, Father, for that promise
thank you for what's coming to pass in people's lives. Thank you for the victories, Lord. Thank you for the breakthroughs. Thank you for the long-awaited promises. I thank you for that, Lord, in Jesus' name. Let this be a year, Lord, where people will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I thank you and I praise you for that, Father. In Jesus' name, come Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord God.